2: And what I want you to know is this, that whenever you sin, whenever you're engaged in sin, if you ever feel God's heavy hand, if you ever feel that pang of guilt, you need to get Psalm 51 out and read it and pray over it and sing it and sing it and sing it and pray it and pray it and read it and read it and read it and do not get off of your knees until you feel God restoring the joy of salvation back to you.
1: Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, We believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles, and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message.
2: I want you to take your Bibles. We're going to look at four different chapters today, four different chapters we're going to go through. You say, is that possible? Yes, you're going to experience that. If you don't have a Bible, look underneath your chair or or slide over to the person next to you. I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. I just want you to look at this verse. It'll be on the screen. Just look at the words. This is in Acts 13, verse 22. After removing Saul, Saul was the first king of Israel. And the Bible says after God removed Saul, he, God, made David their king, king number two. He, God, testified concerning him. And here's what he said about David. He said, I have found David. Who found David? God found David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man to be a man after my own heart. And then God says this, he, David, will do everything I want him to do. And I, I, just a couple things about that verse First, if God knows, if God knew what was in David's heart, I think God knows what's in your heart today. I believe that. I also see in that verse that God equates our hearts with whether or not we're willing to obey everything God asked us to do. And the last thing that I see in that verse is that because of David's heart and because he was willing to do everything that God had asked him to do, God was the one who selected David to be king. And I believe that if your heart is right today, if you are willing to be obedient to whatever it is that God asks you to do, I think in ways that he blessed David, I think God is also able and willing to bless you if your heart is a heart that seeks after God. Can you say amen? Amen. Now I have three major points to this sermon, so I hope you have your sermon notes. Sadly, everybody say the word sadly. sadly. And it is sad, it's sad. After God elevated David to be king, David's heart went astray. That's point number one. I want you to write that down. David's heart rebelled. The thing David had done displeased the Lord. I want you to write this down in your notes. All sin breaks the heart of God for a couple of reasons. Number one, he was the one that created you. You did not create God, God created you. You wouldn't even be here at one for God. God in his genius created you and placed you here on this planet. God in his goodness and his love, God gave his one and only son Jesus to die on a cross for you so that you might be redeemed, that you might be saved. Don't you see that when we sin that that would be heartbreaking for God and it would be like us trampling over the blood of Jesus Christ to commit our sin. I think it just crushes the heart of God because he was willing to allow his son to die so that we could be free from those sins. But David's, David's his heart rebelled. Number two, write this down. David's heart is revealed. David's heart rebelled yes but all of a sudden his sins were revealed in the next chapter this is the second chapter we're going to look at look at second samuel chapter 12 god sends a prophet by the name of nathan everybody say nathan nathan the prophet this is in chapter 12 verse 1 says that the lord sent nathan to david So God sends this prophet, this preacher, to come talk to David about his sin. But, you know, you just can't walk into the king and start telling him what he's doing wrong. So he comes up with this analogy. He tells David a story, trying to draw David into a a, a story uh, so that David might see the error of his way. And here's the story in verse 1. He says that there were two men in a certain town, Nathan said. One was rich and one was poor. Verse two, Nathan says, the rich man had a large, a very large number of sheep because he was rich. He could afford that, right? A rich man's got a lot of land, a lot of feed, a lot of food, a lot of cattle, a lot of sheep, a lot of servants. Verse three, the poor man had, what's the word the Bible uses? Nothing. He had nothing. Nothing. Except, he had this one little cute, cute land named Lily. And the poor man, look, notice what the Bible says. The poor man, he bought it. Now, how's a poor man going to buy a little lamb? He had nothing. He must have worked and saved for a long, long time. Now, the rich man had plenty, but the poor man, he had nothing except this one little cute lamb. And the Bible says that the poor man, he bought it. He raised it. He grew up with it. They shared food. Have you ever had a pet that you were eating at the table and gave the pet some of the food? Raise your hand if you've ever done that. Look at you. Look at That's what he did with the lamb. And then the Bible says this. They drank from the same cup. Slept, he slept with the little lamb. Little Lily the lamb in his arms. And he was like a daughter to, to him. How many of you, be honest, you treat your pets better than you treat your kids? Raise your hand if that's you. It's just true. Some of us do that. I I do. I I plead guilty of that. Look at verse 4. One day the rich man had an out-of-town guest. Now, whenever you have an out-of-town guest, you can't call up Rosie's Barbecue. You've got to prepare a a meal for yourself if you have an out-of-town guest. And, and, and David, David is enthralled listening to this story. Verse 4, uh, the rich man had an out-of-town guest stop by, and it was custom to prepare a banquet, prepare a meal. And so the rich man, David, are you listening? The rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep, that, that very large number of sheep that he had. He didn't take any of his to prepare the meal for his out-of-town guest. Instead, he took Lily the Lamb. That one little lamb that the poor man had. And that's the lamb that he used to prepare the banquet for his out-of-town guest. And notice what the Bible says in verse 5. David, the Bible says, he burned with anger against that man. And then he said these words, as surely as the Lord lives, that man who did this deserves to die, almost pronouncing judgment, almost saying, I'll go find that guy myself and punish him. That's so wrong. You see, David thought it was a true story. He didn't know Nathan was using a parable to illustrate how wrong David had been. David, when hearing that the wealthy man had taken advantage of the poor man when he didn't need to, he became furious and he said, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. And then in verse 7, you have four of the most riveting words in the entire Bible nathan points a bony finger towards david and says those four words you are the man david you're the rich man you had it all you could have had your pick of any girl in the kingdom and and what do you do You take Bathsheba, whose husband is off to battle defending your kingdom. And you take that which did not belong to you. And you stole that which did not belong to you. We learned last week that David had been carrying this secret sin for over a year. That all day long he had been groaning. 24-7 he felt as though God's hand was heavy upon him. But when he heard those words from Nathan, you are the man... David knew at that moment that God knew that sin and that God was calling him out by sending the prophet Nathan to confront him of that sin. And this next part is very critical for you to understand. If you miss this next verse, you've missed everything today. In verse thirteen, David explains, and here's what he says: Well, uh, uh, you know, you know, she was, you know, she was beautiful, and she she was she was bathing and and. Uh, uh, you know, you know, I am the king, and, and kings can get, get away with stuff like this. You do know that, don't you? And, and uh, I, I really, I really, I couldn't, I, re- I couldn't really help myself. I, I mean, I, originally she was going to come up. We were, we were just going to talk. We weren't going to do anything, and and uh, you know, just one thing. Well, you know, one thing led to another. You you know, you know how that happens. Accidents. their accidents happen. You know that. Is that what David said? No. You see, the most important thing is that when David was confronted by his sin, he says these words in verse 13, and I want you to write this down in your outline. I have sinned against the Lord. Anytime you are confronted with sin, anytime you feel your heart beating, anytime you're reminded, whether you come to church or a friend or something you see or you read the Bible or God causes you to think that conscience, the Holy Spirit begins to convict you of that sin do not make excuses, do not try to whitewash it, do not try to compromise it or justify it. You need to come clean with that sin and acknowledge that you have sinned against the Lord just like David did. That is the secret which leads us to point number three, a heart that is restored. And that's what this is all about. It's not just about seeing a heart that was rebelled and see a heart that was finally revealed this whole story is about a heart that is restored and i I hope you're listening right now because if you're here today and you find yourself in bondage to sin if you're here today and you are engaged in a transgression i want you to know that you can be set free you can be forgiven your heart can be restored praise the lord I want you to turn over quickly to Psalm 51. Here's the third chapter we're looking at. Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is the psalm, we're going through psalms. This was the psalm that David wrote immediately after being confronted by the prophet Nathan for his murder, for his adultery, for his lying, for his rebellious heart. And as we read through this, I want you to ask yourself, are these words written from a PR firm, or is this truly a man who is truly repentant for what he did? Only God knows when someone is truly repentant. Amen? I'm not sure it's our place to judge that, but I'm telling you that when I read through this, it appears to be a man that is broken, a man that is being brutally honest, and is truly, truly repentant for what he did wrong. We begin with David's confession, because that's where it all starts with getting your heart right. And David says, uh, right there in the very first verse, which is where it all starts, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out all my, what? Transgressions. Wash away all, say the word all you know we all have a diary did you know that even if you haven't you don't have a handwritten diary you have your own diary in your mind you have a collection of all the sins you've ever committed they're up there in your mind aren't they and David had a diary David knew all of his sins and he's not saying God would you please forgive me for the one sin or the sin that I committed against Uriah or Bathsheba no he says God here's my whole diary I need you to wash away all my iniquity." and cleanse me from who sin my sin. notice he doesn't blame anybody else he doesn't blame the way he was raised he doesn't blame some other person he, he takes full responsibility he shoulders the responsibility Do you remember what adam said when god confronted him and said adam what are you doing adam said lord it's not me it's that woman you gave me. You remember that? So God says to the woman, Eve, what what have you done? And Eve goes, Lord, it's not me, it's that serpent. Re- remember? And we still don't know if she was pointing to the man or the snake. We don't know. Everybody blames other other people for their own mistakes, but not so. David said, wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me of my sin. Look at verse 3. For I know my transgressions. I don't need Nathan reminding me. And then he says, my sin is always what? My sin is always before me. You see, today, it's the politically correct thing to really not call sin, sin. Sin and that sin is okay, you go do what you want, as long as you're not hurting me, hey, you go ahead. No, the Bible says all sin is evil. All sin is against God. And then look at verse 5. He says, surely, surely, I was sinful the day I was born. In fact, let me back that up nine months. I was sinful the moment. I was sinful the moment I was conceived. And I just want to ask you, don't you see as you read through this that David is truly sorry for the sins that he has committed and he's, and he's genuinely sorrow, sorrowful and he's genuinely wanting to repent and get his heart right. Don't you see that he's confessing that? I heard about a man who wrote a check to the IRS for $150 and with it, he sent this letter. He said, dear IRS, he says, I'm sending you this check for $150. He goes, I cannot sleep. I cannot sleep at night. He said, when I reported my income, I intentionally, I intentionally misrepresented the truth. And therefore, I'm sending you this check. And it signed his name. And then it said, P.S., if I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest of what I owe you. (laughs) Now, that is not true repentance, is it? But I get the sense in this text that David is genuinely repentant for his sins, begging God for for forgiveness, and he is confessing his sin, which leads us to point B, David's cleansing. He says in verse 7, this is Psalm 51, cleanse me with the hyssop. Everybody say hyssop. You say, what is hyssop? Hyssop was a branch that they used to clean the lepers with. So you wouldn't go up and just start cleaning a leper because you might get, catch leprosy yourself, right? So they used this branch, this, this hyssop branch, and they would put some type of ointment or salve on that and they would use the hyssop branch. And that's what he says here. He says, Lord, cleanse me with the hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be, what's the word? What's the word? Is it white or Whiter. Whiter. Because you see, if you come from the Midwest, which is where I come from, a lot of you come from, one of the greatest days of the year is when that first s- the f- snow falls. And it, it, the snow just, it, 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 it's like a, it's a blanket that covers. I mean, you can have the worst yard, the worst car, a, a dirty roof, a dirty building, and the snow falls and it just covers. Everything. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. But the problem with snow is that it melts. And as soon as it starts to melt and people start to drive and the exhaust from people's cars, it actually turns worse. It it's actually gets worse. It actually is worse. It's worse than, than, than it was before it got snowed on. And notice what he says in this text. He says, he says Lord, wash me and I will be not white like. I will be even whiter than snow. In verse 8, he says, let me hear joy and gladness let the bones you have crushed rejoice he wants to get back to singing he wants to get his heart right with god hide your face from my sins and blot out again all my iniquity no sin is okay and then look at verse 10 11 and 12 and in just a few minutes i just want you to know as we read through this in a few minutes we're all going to stand and we're going to sing we're going to sing verse 10 we're going to sing verse 11 and we're going to sing verse 12. And here's how how they read in verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your what? Your presence. Or take your what? This is the first time in the book of Psalms that you see the Holy Spirit. First time you see it. Do not remove me from your presence, your presence for me. Do not remove, or it says, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, restore, there's that word, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And and what I want you to know is this, that whenever you sin, whenever you're engaged in sin, if you ever feel God's heavy hand, your heart beating, if you ever feel that, 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 that pang of guilt, You need to get Psalm 51 out and read it and pray over it and sing it and sing it and sing it and pray it and pray it and read it and read it and read it and do not get off of your knees until you feel God restoring the joy of salvation back to you. The third thing is commitment. I've got to go through this fast. Is commitment. We see his confession, his cleansing, and his commitment to do three things. As soon as he confesses, as soon as he's cleansed, he makes a commitment to teach, to teach, to sing, and to praise, to teach, to sing, to praise, to teach, to sing, to praise, to teach, to sing, to praise. To teach, to sing, to praise. Now, what's he going to teach? I want you to look at your Bibles, it will not be on the screen. It is verse 13. What is he, what is he? want to teach what does he want to teach he says I will teach transgressors Your, in other words here's what he's going to teach he said Lord after you forgive me after you cleanse me after you restore me guess what I'm going to do I am making a commitment before you O oh God that I'm going to go wherever I can find other transgressors other sinners other people with rebellious hearts and I'm going to teach them what I did what you did in my heart I'm going to teach them
1: We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365 day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchored Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus Ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll free number 888. 818-4777 You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777 The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website liftupjesus.com That address again is liftupjesus.com Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal Anchor Journal today Hi everyone, my name is Derek Lopez and I'm one of the youth pastors here at Shepherd Church. And at Shepherd Church, we have something called Shepherd Youth, which is specifically for our middle schoolers and our high schoolers. And one thing that we would love to provide for you and your family is a thing called D Groups. And D Groups are life groups designed specifically for 6th to 12th graders. And so if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, we highly recommend putting your student in this. Why? Because it's a great way for your students to be known, seen, and loved students at D groups will spend time in worship and a short Bible lesson followed by a discussion with their community of other students and an adult mentor. They meet every Wednesday during the school year at our Porter ranch and Simi Valley campuses. If you're interested, go ahead and visit our website shepherd dgroups D groups for more information. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.